Mr. Death. Not Mr. Death. I am an agent of death. We're going to go for a joyride. You've just made a wrong turn heading south onto strange highways. Enter Death's waiting room, if you dare. Welcome to Strange Highways. I am Paul. Hey, y'all. It's Jibba Joe Terry here. <laughs> We're just going to be the, in the stick southern. Yeah, that's what's going to happen here. Um yeah, uh, we're, we're, we're teasing. We're tipping our hand early. Right. So, um, I don't know why I slipped into the South park. Like they took our germs, but not far <laughs> off. Right. Not they, far they off. They took our humor. Took, um, yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> being Southern is a joke. I don't know. Anyway. So yeah. Welcome to strange highways. Uh, it is an anthology podcast for which we have been watching the twilight zone. Uh, the original series we covered, um, the first five seasons, we've also covered the, uh, recently removed Paramount plus, uh, two seasons, but I'm sure it's still out there for you guys to find, to rent, to watch, to enjoy, if you enjoy our conversations, but now we are, um, squarely in little past the middle of the eighties iteration of the show, which, um, I thank you for listening. We always enjoy the conversation. Thank you, Terry, for coming along for this ride. Of course, I appreciate you as a person and also being game for many, many things. Um, I didn't realize that this was an abusive relationship, uh, meaning <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, it's my friend. I love him. I'm going to force him. I'm going to have him choke down the A's Twilight Zone. So understand that you're a brother and I love you. And um, I did not know what was coming sometimes. That's what I got to say well, about that. Well, understandably so, but the mission statement is here that we watch the Twilight Zone. Yes. We, we watch it. We watch it together. We we take it at full force and yes. uh, good or bad. Um, and then you are along here with us, folks. Um, man, if you're a new listener, <laughs> I this, hope you're having a good time. If this is the one, <laughs> if this is the one, you're like, you know what? I'm going to check it out now. I'm like, Wow. <laughs> Uh, welcome. We appreciate it. No, well, we, yeah. I, I did. I did get confirmation that we have a new listener. So, uh, yeah, I, if you are like a listening alongside those people and you're like being subjected to the things that we're watching recently, I, I'm just going to say that this is not where you should start this episode, <laughs> especially this episode. This is not where you should start. Well, let's, 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 let's rewind just a smidge and say we took a week off. In terms of yeah. like, like we uh, we covered uh, Tooth or Consequences, um, which was the previous segment we covered, and uh, you know you and I both uh, did not like that one whatsoever. Yep. 
And uh, I will say that on the social media, normally we get some engagement with some of the images I post from the episodes. I got a handful of the cute animal photos I posted instead of that, which I just some positive feedback. That was great. We got a little, got a little bit right, but it's all the same time. It's like, I hope you guys appreciate the gag of like, I'd rather show you a baby platypus than anything from that segment. You, you, Uh, you, you kind of screwed up my algorithm because I'm like, I follow our own podcast, obviously, because I'm, you know, a whore. Um, <laughs> but I'm like, what are all these cute animals? And I was like, I don't follow cute animals on this feed. It's on my Instagram. And all of a sudden I was like, Oh, that's our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's like, um, my smartphone clearly hears me when I'm talking about things or what I'm listening to. So like my social media feed, um, cause I listen to a lot of like other, uh, a lot of political charged uh, podcasts. I'll just put it that way. Like in terms of my mm. own beliefs, I'm not going to push it on anybody else. Um, I have a particular stance, but then because they're examining other commentary, I'm getting a lot of weird Jesus and like really white right wing things posted on my social media. Now I'm like, I didn't agree to any of this, but why does this keep showing up? It's all um, because of your platypus posts. Yeah. yeah. They're like, you know, cause <laughs> <laughs> platypuses, um, you know, um, the most conservative of creatures. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they do have a barb on their lap. That's their true, foot, right? So. Yeah. Um, so uh, anyway, so yeah, we uh, we <laughs> we went through Tooth and Consequences, and we took a week off. So hope hope everybody had a good week. In the meantime, uh, we're now back at it here with um, with uh, season one, episode seventeen, segment A. Welcome to Winfield. Um, yeah, I just like again. Terry, I love you as, as a brother and a friend. I just, I'm always like, you know what? Maybe the next segment, maybe the next one. But here's the truth though. I've seen some of the Twilight Zone growing up that you have not seen. I know there's gold in them hills. And so we've said this repeatedly, like um, it's easy to cherry pick the Twilight Zone, which of course there's amazing segments. There's amazing episodes and they should be celebrated. But sometimes it's like, you know what? You gotta, you gotta get in like, um, I think I've, I've used this metaphor before or the statement before when, uh, Neil Young recorded his uh, album harvest. He was like, that was me going down the middle of the road. I wanted to see what it was like going into the ditch. Sometimes we have to go in the ditch, right? Not everything's heart of gold. That, so. Well, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, I, I'm starting to hope, like put a lot more hope My my, my chips are right in the hope part of uh all this betting that we didn't get the bad and we didn't get all of the good it's just like it's still like a steady stream of both like <laughs> I, I i'm still willing to talk about this yeah no like, for sure is, well, i'm not giving up i'm not throwing let, in the towel, let me man. let me at least <laughs> give you let me give you and the listeners a little bit um i've i've watched the next segment already um because you know I'm, I'm cheating on you by watching future twilight zone um Dude. and it is <laughs> Uh, it has more to chew on and it like, I'm not saying it's perfect segment, but there's more to talk about. So feel better about that. I hope you understand. So, um, but yeah, I always feel like I, I always feel like I have to apologize. I'm like, Hey everybody, thanks for wasting your time listening to us. <laughs> you're, just, you're just running recon right now. That's really yeah, what I'm, I think you're I'm doing just now. like, don't you hurt Terry anymore. Do not, <laughs> you know, like don't, don't hurt the tear bear. Don't do it. You know? So that's what happens. So anyway, 
because um, yeah. I don't want to be a swear bear either. A swear so. bear, right? We don't want to be. Yeah, a swear I've been bear. a swear bear in other past true. episodes. So. <laughs> you have been a swear bear, so um, <laughs> I can tell you that uh, like everybody trusts us that this segment is um, like I would I would say marginally better than Tooth of Consequences, but there are things to get into, so we'll talk about that right now. So we're getting into uh, season one, episode seventeen, segment A. Welcome to Winfield. Uh, air date was uh, February seventh, nineteen eighty six. A number one song, That's What Friends Are For by Dion and Friends. Um, I, I promise you we'll be past that soon. Um, yeah, and then, hopefully. Yeah, it's number one film, Down and Out in Beverly Hills. I remember watching that and liking it. I don't remember much about it. I think we talked about that previously. Uh, for day and date, um, for February 7th, I didn't have anything. However, four, sorry, four days previous, this is a big one. Uh, Pixar was founded by John Lasseter along with Steve Jobs, and they went on to do nothing that we've ever heard of. I, I can't believe that it's that far, like back. Like I that, that they're like, like, like making they're real like real discussions like about making yeah. this company. Like, yeah, that's right. incredible. Like this kind of storytelling, and then also the fact that like Apple didn't see a future in it, and they eventually cut off. And then how like um, like Pixar like they did eventually get distribution through Disney and then ended up being bought by Disney. Right. And it's like, you know, but yeah, John Laster was there from the jump. So yeah, like thinking, yeah, you're right. Like, Oh, like how, how old is this? So like, I'm uh, here, I'm going to date us, Terry. Like, do you remember when the first toy story film came out? I, I do. Uh, I don't believe I saw it at the theater, but I do remember seeing it when I was younger. 1995. So yeah. like, um, which I know is like nine years past this. So that is significant, but like, like whatever I'm like, Oh yeah, that came out in the mid nineties. You're like, that's not true. Yeah, it's true. Right. So the groundwork was here. Pixar was founded and what would go on to become like this, you know, behemoth of a production studio with, um, way more hits than misses. Right. Like the majority of Pixar films. I love, uh, anything outside of cars Two. <laughs> And uh, the, the the Monsters University sequel wasn't good, but the majority of the Pixar films I've seen I've loved. Um, well, the, even uh, if somebody would consider it trash, like if so, if like Rotten Tomatoes said that half the movies were garbage, they made their money. They oh, have no. I mean, even, even if half was like bad, like they're still doing really well. But it's not even that, right? Like it's they're like their batting average is crazy, right? Yeah. And that started here, I, so yeah. And, and they definitely have movies that within like the first 15 minutes can put you in a tear. So are you, yeah. are you referencing up? Cause I <laughs> damn straight. I'm referencing up that damn movie. Oh, that I, Wally. I've never, Wally, well, like, yeah, but up, I've never had a movie that made me ball my eyes out in the first 15 minutes and make me just die laughing in like the middle section and then make me ball my eyes out again. You know, like I just, I, there is a, there's a, there was a, there's a certain kind of magic there. Um, but yeah, that that, was, yeah. I, I will say real quick, uh, if anybody's ever played heads up, that was one of the clues was, um, was, uh, oh my God, just forgot it. Um, up that the movie and we had to explain what the movie was. It's like, you, you cried in the first 15 minutes instantly. My partner guessed it. I was like, <laughs> and everybody else was around me like, how in the hell did I'm like, have you seen that movie? And they're like, yeah, I'm like, then you know. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like you know. Yeah. Like and, and 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 like some there there's certain magic that Pixar has done, right? Like um uh even I, I've not like seen all of their most stuff recently, but like just but you know, it's just 
uh, even like what was it uh, was it during the pandemic? Well, a lot of the Pixar stuff gets released directly to Disney Plus now, right? Uh, but it's like mm-hmm. we ended up watching Soul, which is really really good. Uh, Onward, which is like it's good. It's like it, it would be an amazing film if any other studio released it. But since it's Pixar, the bar's high for it. You know, like well, that, but, that yeah. company also like changed the game. Oh, you know, for they sure, completely changed the game. I mean, there were so many companies that tried to follow suit after the fact. Um, what's the Sony production company? Uh, that- I think it's just Sony Pictures, and then like, um, uh, what was it? Uh, like uh, DreamWorks. Like you want to talk about a company too, that has yeah. a fifty-fifty line? They're fifty-fifty, right? Like, yeah. But yeah, Sony they Pictures, have the, the Dragon films or whatever. How to Train Your Dragon? Like, I've never seen any. Oh of them. my gosh! <laughs> you just it just. Just shut your mouth. Like I love all three I, I, of those. I don't have like, to say, man. Oh, those make me <laughs> ball my eyes out too. How to Train Your Dragon. All three of them are really, really good. Um, you know, but then you get Over your the hedge is where I'm at. <laughs> yeah, man, sure, right. But then you it get all rocks. your what was it? Um, yeah, those are okay. But then you end up getting like your Madagascar's, which I got to mm. tell you, uh, back in the day working at a blockbuster, uh, we could only have like what was it? PG movies put on. Um, and one of my coworkers is like, it's Madagascar. And I wanted to murder everybody around me every time that movie was on. You were tired of hearing the, like, the move it, move it. it. Yeah. Like, so my default setting was always putting in a Tron Legacy because at least I got to hear Daft Punk uh, while in the background. But yeah, I, like, every time she got a chance to put a movie in, it was Madagascar. And I'm just like, I don't like you and I don't like this movie. <laughs> so yeah, Pixar, you're right it changed the game in terms of like what animation could be. A lot of people followed after, and there's been like a lot of success after the fact, but they've, they have been like the ones that have always kind of like, um, they've been the standard bearer. I think that's a fair statement, right? Like in terms of like what could be next. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. yeah. Right. And I'm glad you, you brought that one up because I think there is a lot to discuss. I mean, here we are, um, in 86, like that is such a, a, a monumental step towards mm-hmm. the future. And everybody, they're a household name now, that company. It's like, well, even considering at the time, like Disney was kind of failing, like in terms of like what we now know them as being this, like, again, this monolith, um, they were trying to find their way animation wise. And I, if I recall, like they had like their, their troubles in the early eighties. And then, um, Oh, what was their big breakout hit? Was it, um, uh, 89 um, was, a uh, 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 my God. Uh, the Little Mermaid. Yeah, and then after that, it was like they they kind of had like this Beauty and uh, the Beast, Beauty and the Beast, and The Lion King. Like they ended up having like this resurgence, right? But it was all hand animated, and yeah, but they yeah. were they were kind of making the transition because especially with Beauty and the Beast, that there was a lot of computer you're right. Generation. There was the assist there, the big ballroom scene for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they were also a little dismissive of like, well, that like what's true animation, right? And then. Um, mm-hmm. and then like they would eventually have their own in-house stuff too. Cause if you remember like, um, all, oh, what was it? Um, all chicken little. And I think there's a couple other, they did too, like meet the Robinsons that weren't doing so good. And they're like, Oh, but Pixar, <laughs> the Pixar is kind of banging it. Let's just buy them. You know, good call. And then when they brought John Laster and he was like, you guys need to really focus on hand animation again. And then they made the princess and the frog, which didn't do uh, amazingly, but it's had like this long tail since then right so um that that's not this this is not this episode but um we could we could really get into some uh, animated stuff because i think some of that's amazing but Pixar it, it might be here. the next podcast uh you know we have like 15 podcasts 
<laughs> on the back burner. Sure. What, can, we, can we just call uh, uh, Terry and Paul cry at movies? Can we just call it that and just be like, you know, we could just watch like think like what like the Iron well, Giant. Collins. <laughs> yeah, like the Iron Giant was not produced by uh, Disney. I forget who released it. It's like, do you just gonna want? You just want to watch a movie and be like, uh, like, and, like, oh, this is amazing. And also cry. <laughs> can we just be in the All same room heaven let's go let's hold, do this. We, we could just be together <laughs> and with two open mics and just hold each other and sob openly while watching animated movies right so anyway there you go that's our day and date um it's almost as if we don't want to talk about the segment it's weird all right so hmm. uh, i don't know all right so terry who did what here i have some uh, information about some of this that you may not know about but we'll get into it okay so our director on this one is bruce bilson uh, lots of uh, TV work, like episodes of Dinosaurs, Hogan's Heroes, and The Brady Bunch. So those are probably the ones that he's most known for. I don't know if you want to discuss anything yeah, else for him. So he actually got some like award recognition for Get Smart. So yeah, he has his chops in comedy. Another fun show. Yeah, it gets gets smart's a lot of fun, but I'm gonna put that uh, comedy in air quotes here for this. Uh, he had two he had two kids, um, well, as in they're still here. I think uh, Danny Bilson would write the screenplay for the Rocketeer, which was a Disney production. Rocketeer's a nice. lot of fun, um, and then also uh, Danny would be one of the co-creators of the show Viper. Do you remember that? Like, I know you're a little younger than me. The NBC you, show you told me about Viper, with, but with I the never Dodge had a Viper being like the it was basically like yeah, but like what if Knight Rider, but no personality. Viper, you know, <laughs> so he created that show. And then, um, uh, Bruce actually directed a couple episodes of that, which that's kind of fun. Other, other sibling, uh, of, um, Danny was, um, Rachel Bilson, who you might know more from the OC and the film jumper. So okay. the, the name sounds familiar. She has some credits, but there's a pedigree here, but yeah, this it's is the only good. segment that he directed for the twilight zone. Yeah. Uh, and then next here we have our writing credit uh, going to Les Enloe. Yeah. Enloe, I think that's how it's pronounced. Uh, two other credits that I'm not familiar with, but that's it. Like three, three so, IMD creds. But, uh, but I can, I, can I tell you my trivia that I found for this? This is the best trivia ever for IMDb. Um, Please. Here, it's, it's a little bit of a mystery, Terry. You got to answer the question here. Uh, Les Inlow went to film school where he worked with the director of Saving Private Ryan. Hmm. Okay. I <laughs> I don't know. It was Steven Spielberg. It? He directed the Saving that's, Private that's Ryan. A, that's it. Like that's a, that's a, that's the trivia. He's like, I like I, that they like, didn't even want to bring up who actually <laughs> did the movie. Like, what the hell? <laughs> the trivia was just like, it's a mystery. We don't know who directed this film. You know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Why is it so vague? <laughs> <laughs> Went to film school where he worked with the director of E.T. and Ready Player One. Like, I don't know who that is. You know, anyway. Yeah. Like <laughs> the director what, what of the director of work with like yeah, the director him all of his stuff. <laughs> like bought bought pop from the vending machine and brought it over to him. Like what's a film hell? school where he shined the shoes of the director of AI? I don't know. God. Anyway, yeah. Just Anyways. really like, yeah. So I thought you'd appreciate that dumb piece of trivia. So thanks, IMDB and whoever posted that. So yeah, let's just get to our cast here. <laughs> Um, so yeah, into our cast we go. So, uh, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I always forget how to pronounce this name. Is it Elijah? 
Yep, there you go. That's correct. Yeah, Elijah Cook Jr. We've talked about this gentleman multiple times, but he plays Wellington. Um, we talked about him more recently because of the Night Stalker. Uh, so oh, that that's was right. He wasn't that. I didn't put that in my notes. You're right. He was, uh, but the real, the, the real, the realtor guy, right? Like the one Correct. that was in the back seat, uh, that, yeah, that, yeah, that's right. Good call. We, we, we have discussed him before, but he hasn't been in any other twilight zone episode, <laughs> but he just happens to be connected to other things that we've discussed. Okay. So he, he was also in house on haunted Hill. Like he has like the very, like, dramatic eyes and that discussed that the last time when we were talking about the night stalker. So it's a distinct, but, it's distinct looking like all oh, his eyes have seen things and his face has been punched multiple times and looks like a catcher's mitt. Yeah. yeah. And he, uh, he, he's able to have like weird saliva lips. So <laughs> <ugh>. uh, <laughs> I wish yeah. if we had, if we didn't title these episodes after the segment, I wish I could title this weird saliva lips. That'd be amazing. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Just why, watch the opening sequence of house on haunted hill. You understand why. <laughs> um, <laughs> so next credit here is uh, house on saliva hill. Yeah. Continue please. Yes. Uh, uh, Alan fudge. I mean, fudge. Um, he plays sheriff and he is in the natural, which is a baseball film with, uh, uh, Robert Redford, uh, Robert Redford, mm -hmm. really big film for uh, sports. If anybody's ever seen it, you'll know why. He was also in Edward Scissorhands. Yeah, and he was also in a film. This was a, a weird staple growing up. Uh, are you familiar with the film My Demon Lover from 87? Do you know what I'm talking I about? I am not. Oh, my gosh. You're in for a treat. Um, so it is um, – it, it's oh, – what was the – it's the um, the main character is a Scott Valentine who we know him from um, uh, uh, Family Ties, right? Like he was. Um, oh yeah, uh, the guy who went super Christian. No, 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 no. That's Kirk Cameron. Um, oh okay. yeah, it was a Family Ties, or it was. Um, oh, he was in one of the. Um, let's see here. Um, he was in one of the sitcoms. It was Nick Nick Moore in Family Ties, forty one episodes. Right. So he was kind of like the bad boy that wasn't Alex P. Keaton. Right. But this film, my demon lover, he ends up getting cursed by like, um, uh, a fortune teller where this whole thing is like, anytime he gets in, he's trying to get intimate, he becomes a demon. It's like the sex comedy. And I have seen this like multiple times <laughs> as a kid. And my mom didn't even question that. Um, yeah. Uh, it is uh, a homeless street musician becomes a demon when sexually aroused. Is the, that's the tagline on IMDb? Terry, can can you and I, when we're not watching Pixar films and crying, can we be in the same room watching My Demon Lover together and hold hands? That'd be amazing. Yeah, we're gonna have to watch this and um, Heavenly uh, Heavenly Child or whatever the hell it's called. Uh, my God, there there is a few films I could pair up with this easily right uh, teen teen witch yes gotta watch teen witch yeah. with this oh my god this yeah, is gonna be a fun october I, I, I was, we read this vhs growing up but it was like here's the tagline on the poster she was a dream come true he was a good reason not to go to sleep my demon lover you know uh, yeah i just um yeah i just it was a goofy movie um i enjoyed it i'm sure it's not aged well and i'm sure it's problematic but i've seen this I can't tell you growing up, I probably seen this like a dozen times at least. So we need to watch uh, my demon lover unrelated to the podcast. 
So I at least wanted to bring up that Alan Fudge is part of My Demon Lover, which is a sentence that nobody has ever said out loud. <laughs> He's a part of your demon lover. Um, <laughs> you can't have demon love without an Alan Fudge. That's what I'll say. Yeah. Uh, we'll definitely talk about this off, off of mic. So <laughs> clear your schedule. Yes. Um, yeah. So next here we have uh, Henry Gibson. He plays the mayor. Uh, he was in the Blues Brothers, Biodome. And the one that I was, uh, I recognize him from in instantly was The Burbs. And this is something you still haven't watched, right? No, no, no. I've seen half of it. Okay. I just didn't finish well, it. You need to watch the rest of it. Well, because I was tired and I fell asleep and I didn't get to all of it. I also like that you said he was in the Blues Brothers. His um his his role was the Nazi leader in the Blues Brothers. So yep. uh, he was also the voice <laughs> of he was the voice of Wilbur and Charlotte's Web, which is weird because I never I didn't think that pig was a Nazi, but maybe it was. Um, but yeah, a lot of TV and voice work. Very recognizable character actor. Um, uh, yeah, he, he has a distinct look. I don't know if that resonated with you. Yeah, like, God, like, once you, yeah. once you've seen this dude, you are, you'll instantly like draw memories of seeing him in something. Yes. Um, I forgot he was in biodome, which it is a movie when it was played on like Cinemax dozens and dozens of times during a week. I, I will just watch it. Uh, a, a friend of you and I, uh, it's probably in the same boat too. So, so are you saying that biodome <laughs> is your, is, is your, my demon lover? Is that what you're saying? It uh, is my demon lover. Biodome <laughs> is, yeah. So can I, can I, can I confess to something? Um, uh, I've never seen biodome. Our friend is going to be very disappointed. No, but I thought that. you'd be disappointed <laughs> with me as well. So, um, I don't know. It's just like, like, like I, I'm a smidge older than you. So it was one of those things. I'm like, it's just, you know, I'm not saying I'm not saying like oh Terry he's a young and didn't know any better, but it's like place and time, right? Like like one of my, one of my favorite movies when I was in middle school was Wayne's World, and I still love that movie. But yeah. I think that if people come to that later, it may not hit them the same way, you know. So I, I think- love how like Biodome came out after the Burbs. And I have such a fondness of watching the birds <laughs> and <laughs> you have not seen biodome. Oh, uh, okay. So. so I'll make, I'll make a promise to you that I will go back and finish the burbs. Um, eventually at some point, there is no <laughs> kinship between these two films, but somehow we should watch them together. <laughs> sure. I mean, they have the B there's a B in the name, right? So anyway, yeah, so yeah, we get, we get the Henry Gibson in both of them. So why not? Um, but yeah, so, and I have not watched all of Blues Brothers. I do own it, but I've wait, not watched wait. all no, of it. No, you're going to give me shit for not finishing the Burbs. <laughs> you're not seeing all the Blues Brothers? Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry, man. Uh, I was going to try to skip over that, but I'm like, hey, maybe I should tell them. All right. Um, well, th- we're, we're just confessing secrets right now. So, all right. We, uh, we also have like 10,000 more cast members here. Yeah, so. I- <laughs> <laughs> yes. We have a whole town to get through real quick. Yes. Um. So, yeah. Uh, Next here we have uh, John Caleri. Mm-hmm. He plays Matt Win Winaker. Winaker. I, th- I think I think, I think he's the guy that's in the hospital, right? It's never quite clear. Yeah, he's the young okay. the young kid who's evading uh, yeah. the Reaper here. Yeah, we'll see here. Yeah, spoilers. Um, yeah. All I have for him is there was a comedy uh, that was uh, called Square Pegs that ran mm-hmm. for like twenty episodes that became kind of like a cult hit. Um, so much cause it was an early vehicle for, uh, Sarah Jessica Parker and he was okay. in that as well. That's all I have for him. Yeah. He was also in a uh, episode of facts of life. So I think that might be more 
uh, knowable, I guess. Fair <laughs> I enough. Think there's a word. Yeah. But, uh, next here we have Joanne uh, Willinger. Will. Williter. Will I don't know. Anyway. Will Aiton. I, I don't know. Um, she plays Lori Bolden. Bodell. Bodell. Yeah. Bodell. Yeah. She was in Nightmare on Elm Street Part Two, and she was also a real genius. Uh, next here we have well, somebody who is. Well, wait, uh, she was also in Amazing about. Stories and Tales from the oh. Dark Side, and she was recently in an episode of The Walking Dead, and it's like one of its final seasons. So she's still working. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But uh, uh, the next character, um, we we've talked about this gentleman in other positions of the the you know writing process and that, but he's an actor in this. Uh, Garrett Graham. He was Griffin St. George. He wrote three of the episodes. Um, and the last one we did talk about that he had written was Still Life. <laughs> I like that and, you skipped over Children's Zoo and Opening Day. So we have a lot of reasons to be angry well, we, with uh Considering we just talked about him. That's so. fair. Right. But this is uh, the only episode that he acted in. But yeah, so yeah, we... We have uh, kind of the full circle that is Garrett Graham here. Yeah, go back to Children's Zoo. I'm sure we talked about him more at length and him being in Chopping Mall and um, uh, Used Cars, which I know I think is a film that you like a great deal. Yeah, he was also in uh, uh, Phantom of the Paradise, right? Yes, he was. He was meat. Yeah. Meat. Meat. <laughs> yeah. But uh, next is uh, we have uh, Dennis Fimple. Fimple. Yeah. Fimple. And not pimple, but simple. Uh, he plays Ray Bob, which <laughs> love it because <laughs> it, it's so befitting. Uh, he was in uh, the 76 version of King Kong and he was in the movie version of Maverick, which was with Mel Gibson. He was his last uh, appearance was in House of a Thousand Corpses. So I thought you want to mention that as well. So, yeah. yeah. But uh, and then next is uh, Chip Heller. He plays Elton. Uh, one episode coming up that we'll be talking about in the future. But he was in a, 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 a episode of your own podcast uh, that you do with Steve, where you discuss memoirs of an invisible man. So I just wanted to bring that up because you have that other podcast, Paul, that I just want to plug that real quick, uh, where you guys discuss uh, John Carpenter more recently. And that was one of the episodes. Well, thank you for just, bringing it up because I did not realize that. So thank you. I didn't do a, a super big, uh, uh, deep dive into chip Heller, but if he was in memoirs of Invisible man, go back, uh, go check out invasion of the podcast. We've been doing our another year of carpenter. Like, yeah, it's there. Um, it, I, and I know Steve won't hear this. It's his favorite carpenter film. I'm kidding. Um, he will fight me on that. Um, yeah, you got, you guys do a great, great job over there. And the fact that you guys, had a like i mean you're still discussing john carpenter it's an amazing thing i mean awesome creator awesome dude we got to meet him so mm -hmm. please go check out paul's other podcast invasion of the podcast it's awesome so they discussed that movie and then the other credit i wanted to bring up about chip heller's uh, uh filmography was uh he was a small role in beverly hills cop okay fair enough um yeah. i i have i have like Two or three more? What, what else? Do you yeah, have? go ahead and burn through them, man. Uh, so I have Sally Klein as Mammy. She was in Eyes of Fire, which is a, a folk horror anthology we talked about multiple times recently, which we need to watch. Uh, Cla Claudia Briar as Townsperson number one. She was in Psycho 2. 
Um, and then she was also in um, the original series, season four, uh, the episode Mute that we talked about. And then uh, Dave Morick as talentsperson number two. He was an episode in that gallery. So I don't know who you, if you have anybody else. Well, he was also, uh, just side note for anybody who lives in the Ohio area, we are from the Ohio area. He was born in Lakewood, Ohio. Oh, no shit. All right, so there we go. That's where I grew up, so yeah, if you need right. to bring that to the forefront. Oh, perfect. All right, so an Ohio reference. So, all right, here we go. Hell yeah. Yeah, so, all right, so that's, um, we're you know, we're a good 30 minutes in. Let's see where we go with this. So, here, this is um, not usual. We have a uh, Charles Aidman intro that... It, just, I don't know. I'm, I'm beginning again. I'm beginning to think that there's like they just hand him things to read, and he doesn't understand what's going on. Here we go. Visiting hours have just ended at City General Hospital, but this man never needs permission to enter. He comes to places like this quite frequently, bearing a visitor's pass printed in the Twilight Zone. And he's coming for me, Charles Aidman, because I don't understand life anymore. It's printed in the Twilight Zone, <laughs> like where it's only valid. Well, like, like, I, it just it works. It works for the beginning of the segment, but it doesn't tell you anything about the segment, right? I, like, like, I, I yeah. just like to think that if it's printed in the Twilight Zone, that somehow it also has some kind of like storytelling that's involved in the rest of this. Yeah, because we'll get into it. <laughs> no, I feel like if this was printed in the Twilight Zone, then it should also be the same house that prints the misfortune cookies, right? Like that, it's that's fair too. Yeah. So, um, like we're not going to pull the ripcord on this, but it, it, all right. Just everybody, you know, go find this. It's, it's like 26 minutes long as a segment, meaning that you have the, the, the twilight zone intro credits. Like, so it runs a little longer than your average episode of the original series. I don't know why, but you know, it is what it is, but yeah, let's get into uh, welcome to Winfield. Um, I just want to mention that the white car that pulls up to the hospital is like, it doesn't make like a traditional combustion engine sound. And I just, I wrote in my notes here. I was like the white car, it's a, is it a Tesla or DeLorean? I don't know. That's kind of, that's kind of a nice little audio cue. I'm not saying, I'm, I'm not saying this episode's clever. I'm just saying it's a nice little audio cue that this thing doesn't sound right. It sounds like it's kind of like a spaceship versus like a car. Um, and then we get we get um, this figure coming out of this white car, going into this hospital, like and we never see his face until later, of white shoes, white white pants, white jacket. Um, I'm okay with that. Like um, I'm gonna put this to you. Um, it, um, are you familiar with Good Omens, the book? Um, I think maybe I don't know if you've read that or not. Uh, it's uh, Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett where it kind of takes the piss out of like um, uh, Armageddon and you have like an angel and a demon kind of working together to kind of prevent it. Like, so the idea of like balance, yeah, this character being well-dressed and in a white suit. I'm okay with that. I, I was like, okay, here we go. This is something that might be kind of interesting. It feels like it might be a throwback to the original series in a good way. And so as this figure in white, is approaching this hospital, like the room where um, we have a young couple. We have um, oh, the gentleman's name that I can never remember. The poor guy. Um, it is uh, well. There's Matt and Lori. Matt. I think that's yeah. the couple. Matt and Lori, right? So Matt is in bed in like critical condition, and Lori's there with terrible bangs and whatever. 
Um, and he's like, oh, 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 I got to go. I got to go. And she's like, but why? And so, like, he's freaked out. And then they leave. And the man in white goes to uh, the room. And the who, who he's looking for is gone. Right? So, it's like, okay, well, all right. Fair enough. I'm okay. Like, decent enough hook. Right? Like, I, can we agree on that? It's like, okay. The, the, the person in the bed knows their numbers up and it's like, if I'm going to avoid death, Oh, spoiler. Uh, I'm, you know, we need to go cool enough. I'm okay with that. So they, they get in their car, they drive away. And then, um, as they're leaving, um, they, they go off this like weird, like this, this, uh, route, right? It's not like, it's like a main road. It's paved, but they pull off at the side and they see a sign that says, uh, Winfield and, you know, credit to, to Lori. She's like, well, that seems like the middle of nowhere. I guess I'll go there for a minute. And she drives off the road and the sign for Winfield falls. Um, okay, great. So I want to put this to you, Terry, when she shows up in this town, did you get, um, the devil's rain vibes of this abandoned town? I did, you know? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I was expecting like the, all the townsfolk being there, like at the immediate arrival. Eventually. Though. Right. I was expecting yeah. Ernest Borgnine to come out with like half his teeth there and just being like laughing and be like, I'm going to bring you into this boarded up Satan church. And like goat, goat face. Goat face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Oh, are you Bill Shatner? I'm going to make you into a zombie later. <laughs> anyway. So, um, she ends up in this old timey Western town and then she's screaming for help. Fair enough. Your, your husband is like, you know, um, it, he needs help. And then, but we see the townsfolk and they're all kind of grouped up together, kind of like terrified. It's like, I don't, I don't know about you, Terry, but have you ever been in a situation in which like growing up, like we had a chimney in our house every so often a bird would come down the chimney and you hear it flooding around. So you try to let it out. And so you're all kind of huddled up together. Like, is the bird going to come shooting out of the chimney, like into our house or out? So you're all kind of like huddled up together, scared of what's about to happen next. I feel like that was going on. They're like, like they all look like they're waiting for a bird to burst out of a chimney. That's I, what, no, I've never, I've never had to deal with that. Or a bat. <laughs> We've had bats fly out of our chimney as well. It was, it, it was a thing that happened. So, um, you know, I, I guess maybe our I relate more. Off, so. I, I relate more to the people of Winfield than, than I relate to you. I don't know. How old am I? I don't know. Um, <laughs> But they, Thanks, bro. Yeah, you're right. No, but it's like you have the mayor and company. They're all huddled together, right? They don't they don't trust anybody. They don't trust outsiders. But they're like, well, how can we help, right? So then we get um, we end up getting a sign that says, um, what three weeks later, right? So we get the the car, the white car pulling up to the fallen sign for Winfield. Um, so Terry, I just got to ask you. I know that you are a, an aficionado of music. Um, did you enjoy the music in this episode? There, I, there were some complexities to it, but <laughs> I, 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 I don't know if I enjoyed it so much. But. <laughs> so describe the music that played when he, uh, whenever the guy in white looked at the sign for Winfield, what do we get? What happened oh, there? Oh God. I, what, I'm trying to remember. Cause that really didn't stand out to me uh, too much to me. Wasn't it just like some like weird like banjoing? <laughs> yes, it was um, like you know, hey, welcome to um, tech. Like, was it um, not uh, Texas Roadhouse? 
You know, like here, <laughs> Texas you know. Roadhouse. You know, yeah. Um, <laughs> brief aside, <laughs> brief aside. Years and years ago, I was at the Texas Roadhouse, and uh, they they would like you know the 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 servers would come out and they'd bring your food, and then every so often they there would be music playing. And the poor girl that was in front of us, she's like, I hate this. And she's like, and, and like, this is what she told me. This is not my words. She's like, we all hate this, this song. She's like, this music. She's like, I was like, why? She's like, we call it the titty shaker. I'm like, oh, that's <laughs> terrible. Um, <laughs> like, cause they had the, God. they had a dance and like, they're on their feet all day and they're bringing you, you know, um, like super large steaks and like, you know, everything fried and then they got to dance and shake their, their bits in front of you. That's what this felt like was a Texas, uh, oh like a, a Texas roadhouse music. It, right. That just reminds me of, uh, uh, waiting. So they have to do the dance for everybody's birthday. Like, uh, I'll, take you ever your, seen I'll take your word for it. I've never seen waiting. Either. Oh my yeah. God. Like yeah. the, it, it totally exploits like exactly what every server has to deal with. Uh, yeah. all my server friends out there, uh, jeez, oh, like <laughs> it's 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 pure torture for people. Like my yeah. mom has been a server for my entire life, pretty much. Uh, yeah, she has to deal with some of this crap sometimes. So, so I yeah. do apologize for uh, bringing out the 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 dark legacy that is Texas Roadhouse and uh, the music that's played. Yeah, you made it even darker than what this episode could have been. <laughs> Talking about death and everything, you made it darker. That's fair. Right. So, um, you know, the, anyway, so I'm um, sure, um, the palette yeah, of the lost like hour, a welcome you know? home. Like what, yeah. what are you doing here? How What's going on? Them? Come on home. Do, 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 do. Anyway. So anyway, <laughs> so, so we get, um, the gentleman in the white car showing up, um, and he goes to this old timey town, which feels like, you know, it feels like, like, you're like, I, well, you know what? We should all go visit this town to find out what it was like. Like, I, you know, growing up where I did, we would go to see like these, um, uh, like there was an area, um, called, um, was it Pickett's Fort? That was a fort that was set up in West Virginia. That was like, on, like this riverbank. And it's like, the whole thing is like, you go and learn about like how like life was during the time of like setting up a fort. And you'd learn about like shearing sheep and making wool and also like being, you know, kind of racist or whatever, like but like, you would go through all that. Right. Like so, that. Yeah. So I feel like this is where it's like, oh, do you want to learn about old timey things? Show up the Winfield. Anyway, so so this car, I like that they all, like the people, the towns folks are like, what's this car showing up? Where it's like, you literally had a car show up three weeks ago. Like you didn't question that, that car, but this one's fancy looking. Anyway. Tarnation. So. Tarnation, um, yeah. Um, so I like that uh, our, our character in white gets all the cars looking at a map. So the only line of this episode I appreciate is that the townsfolk show up again. They're all bunched up. Right. And they're like, got a name stranger. And he just says, yes, that's my favorite line in this because it's like, he doesn't, he doesn't care to tell them his name. And he's like, yeah, I have a name. And they're like, Oh, we didn't quite get that. I thought that was, that was my favorite, like my favorite, like uh dialogue in this episode. Cause he didn't give a shit about anybody in this town. He's like, yes, I have a name. I'm not going to tell you. It, it's very similar to a lot of the videos I've seen recently where um, people that don't want to answer like uh, the authorities questions. They're like, yep, I do have a name. Yeah. Hmm. 
Like, thanks for asking. <laughs> Move along, right? So, yeah. Um, so then he's he's trying to figure out where he's at because he has a job to do. But then they ask him, like, his job and his name, which is, like, was it, um, oh, uh, where was it at? George St. Griffin. That's his name, right? right. It, no, Griffin St. George. Griff, yeah. Griff, that's whatever. Doesn't Close matter. it up. They're like, oh, Griffin St. George sounds like your parents were book readers. I'm like, I know, I, I know, like, I know where you guys live anyway. So, um, he talks about, he's like in the reclamation business and the mayor is like, oh, well, that's what some people would say. Then he leans over to like his secretary. He's like, go get the dictionary, AKA Google and find out what that, that word means. Um, but then, um, while he's there in town, he's trying to figure out what's going on. His car gets a flat tire. He's like, that's impossible. And like the townsfolk, there are, there are the dirtiest scrubby people you've ever seen. Right. Um, anyway, so Weldon are, are like the, the person we mentioned at the beginning of our cast and crew, he's a drunkard. Um, he's kind of like the town's problem. And uh, at one point the mayor's like, Hey guy in whites, we should go have a drink. And then uh, Weldon's like, you know what? Yeah, we can celebrate my birthday. I'm 150. And it's like, why would you say that out loud? You idiot. And so that tips off the man in white, which we saw a sticker, like little like sticker in the front of his windshield. That was a reaper silhouette. So we, we know where this is going, right? Well, I think yeah. one of the most important parts has kind of gotten uh, passed over is that this town doesn't exist on any sort of map. That's true. Thank you for bringing that up where it's like, he's trying to figure out where it's at. And then um, somebody comes over, I think it's Weldon where he is like, he's like, if Pigpen had a father that stuck around, <laughs> um, father Pigpen, father Pigpen, that didn't go away for smokes. But, um, cause there's even the bit where, uh, you know, um, was it, um, a St. George was like, it's like, has this guy had a bath recently? And everyone's like, what's a bath? You know, whatever. Anyway, so father rotten tooth um yeah yeah it's like yeah <laughs> there's a couple couple of people here that definitely need some um <laughs> you know some some attention yeah just we'll we'll find out like later the deal that was made it's like does that include scurvy is that anyway so yeah um so yeah so they bring um the the gentleman out of town into the bar like into the saloon but also we get the whole thing is like um um, and also that was a Weldon also drops like the, the knowledge of this young pup that's on the run. We end up going, we cut to the above the saloon where we have, um, um, Oh, what's her names again? I'm going to, I'm going to mess this up. It is, um, the actors, it, it, the, the, who they're playing is, Oh, is it, um, Matt, it Matt Laurie. Laurie. They're so, that's how much I remember them in this episode. So, well, they're kind of like, for some reason, even though they're the first people that we are encountering in this episode, they are pretty low on the IMDb. They're, yeah. They're also very forgettable. Right. So then Matt's like, like Lori's looking out the window. She's like, Oh, that guy's all dressed in white. And like, look at him. And he's like, ah, well, that's bad. And she's like, well, what do you mean? He's like, Oh, something's going on. She's like, well, you're my wife. You should be able to tell me like most of like, what was it? She's like, don't lie to me about most things or what was that was the line. It's like, don't hide the big things from me. I'm like, what's the big things death is chasing you versus I'm having an affair. Like, where do you, where do you rate the level of lie? You know, anyway, so he keeps trying to tell her is like, I think I cheated death. And she's like, but what do you mean? I'm like, I think he's being pretty clear about this. 
Like, just she is the most useless person in this. The, the hospital stay thing could, could have been a red flag too. You know, <laughs> like uh, yeah, the dude's like he's like the the Reaper is literally like coming for him. I don't know how she could have not understood what's really going on there. Yeah, she doesn't keep. She's like, he's like, death is coming. She's like, I don't know what you mean. I'm like, all right, well, I can't tell you. <laughs> Read between the lines, lady. Come on, not even between the lines. Here, here's a direct statement. Death is coming for me. Well, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, well, why have we been on the run for three weeks? You know, like I was in my deathbed anyway. So, um, so then, um, so you get the idea that St. George knows what's going on. Cause he's like holding photos up for people. And it's like, they're, they're not speaking. Uh, they took, uh, they took wheeled in and put him on a, like a coat hook to keep him away because they're like, you're a problem. But then um, I like that uh, he ends up going out to his car and pulls up his like car phone, which was like a, like a big deal at the time, right? And he is like, can I speak to, and I'm, gonna, I'm not going to say that, can I speak to problematic racist name? Um, right. Yeah. It's a lot, right? So we find out that the person that had the job before him is kind of being a little bit aloof because... He is, um, so St. George is figuring out something's not right. Right. But then, uh, they all, the townsfolk were like, Oh, we fixed your wheel. And they put like a, like a wagon wheel on his car, which, um, <laughs> if you've ever seen back to the future part three, um, you would understand what probably is sitting on the car right now. Mm-hmm. Like, but like, even then it's like, like a wooden spoke. Yeah. How do you, well, how do you like, fasten that with like lug nuts it's it's a problem it's an yeah. okay gag but it's dumb right yeah. considering this is this is setting in the modern day which is uh, 86 right so anyway um saint george wants to peel out and leave and as he's on his way out to try to figure out like what he's going to do next uh weldon is off his hook and running away and then the townsfolk are like oh no the guy that keeps talking about what's going on is going to run away. They're like, Oh no. And then, um, St. George is like, Hey, get in my car. And he's like, okay, I'm going to stink up the joint. It's like, doesn't matter. Let's go. Um, for being as much as that St. George is worried about his car. We could agree that Weldon is probably the smelliest man ever in the world. Yeah. Yeah. He's definitely looking like that at least. (laughs) Right. So then we get to the commercial break. Um, we get to like this oasis, you know, whatever, like this, like nice, like little area with like, you know, green and water. And that's when Weldon is like, you know, and Mitch's like, you know, it's like, Hey, you know, like, um, you know, um, we understand you're looking for this, this young person, but maybe we'll work out a deal like we did with the last person. And, uh, you know, St. George is like, what are you talking about? And then, um, Weldon says racist name again, <laughs> you know? Um, so then, um, St. George is well, like, he knows something's up. So he keeps trying to call heaven or whatever to try to speak to, um, his previous, like the, the person that had the job before. And like, I get the bureaucracy part of it. It's kind of fun, but it's kind of stupid. And so we, we, we start to piece together that the, the person that had the job before him, we understand that St. George has only had this job for a month and that him bringing in Matt is his first big contract. Um, that somehow the, the person before him came to Winfield and was going to collect on people's like time. They're up. We're done. But like them and they didn't mean harm. So he's like, I want to let them live. Nobody's going to pay attention. Um, and that kind of wrecks um, uh, 
St. George's um, understanding of how his job works. He's like, well, I was going to collect on Matt, but now I know there's what 30 townsfolk here have been living way longer than they should have. Right. That's an interesting idea. Like, I don't know, man. Like my biggest problem with this episode is that it's two ideas that don't serve each other. That could have been interesting stories on their own. They could have been. Um, and I think we could have simplified it at least a little bit and been like, Okay, so the safe haven for him is like one guy's house. Yeah. And that guy's house is like deep in the forest or something like that. Like and the, then like, like the this one guy's guy a that, saint. like the one guy that cheated death, right? Like, you know, right. this this Not has the thirty people that somehow was able to persuade this one person who's le- like whole like um legitimate job is to be like yeah, I'm going to dispatch people because yeah. that's their time. Like, like, what if, like, you you talk about being like a cab in the middle of nowhere? This feels like this would have been like right up like Earl Hamner Jr.'s like alley for him to write yeah. about. I mean, as much as I don't need to see that episode, but it's like this whole thing of like this time, this this town of Winfield, how they brokered a deal with the previous um, Reaper. How they're like, oh, well, we don't mean harm. He's like, well, let's let you guys live forever. It's fine. You're well, good just, people. I mean, there's, a, there's a town. It's an entire town. Yeah. How but, could you not know that there is a town there? Yeah, because you would think that, like, they don't seem so, like, it, it's weird to me that they're not upset that they see cars. But then at the same time, they're confused by, like, concepts of, like, a spare tire or, I don't know, a bath. <laughs> right yeah so it would have been I mean, even even the amish get a weekend away to like <laughs> yeah they got uh, the what's it called rumspringer like what's called right yeah. like like you know <laughs> like, like i think i think this would have been interesting if you would have had them trying to adapt to technology but still kind of sticking to their ways like yeah. i think that would have been interesting where it's like oh we're still here or if you would have had the thing where weldon would have been like oh like if if everybody would have like assumed like meaning the identity of like their grandchildren. Right. So that the whole thing is like, they're keeping up airs of like, yeah, we're a little backwards, but like we're secluded, you know, but no, it's like, Hey, what if like old timey town just never went forward? It's, it's like, I get that too. Cause like, like, you know, you, you and I, like, like you grew up in Ohio. I grew up in West Virginia. Like I grew up in the middle of nowhere. So there's these pockets of like, you find out like, Oh, like, like I could literally tell you, um, when I was in high school, uh, my first, my first girlfriend, um, the house that she lived in didn't originally have wood floors. And that's the truth. Like the house got upgraded eventually to have wood floors versus dirt floors. And that's the thing that happened in the eighties, early nineties, it's a thing that happened as somehow it sounds like I was dating. No, that's not what I mean by that, but I'm just saying like, <laughs> you know, it, but you know what I mean? It's just, it's just a thing that like, you know, progress moves forward. Right. Like, and like, it's not like, it's not like they sometimes were the, the progress is a little slower. I, I don't mean to laugh about No, that, no, no. You can laugh at it, but it's the truth. It's, it's literally the truth. It's just like, Oh, when this house was built, it had dirt floors. And at some point they eventually put the struck, like the infrastructure in to give an actual floor. It isn't like I went in there. I'm just like, did I take my shoes off? They're like, Oh, do you want to walk around in mud? No, but I'm saying, you know what I mean? It's like, it is what it is. Like 
you 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 adapt and move forward. And I can't tell you there was oh there was a house I saw multiple times driving, uh, like to and from the mall the next county over. It looked like a shack. Like I'm talking like um like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre shack that it had the largest well, satellite it, dish it, it outside. Was like a- like, but there was a lot of rural area where you Yeah, were. but I'm saying, like, you see this house that's falling apart, but my God, they had a satellite dish. Like, you but know what I mean? That. Like, it's one of those things. It's like, you would, you, there was always that confusion of like, oh, that's not a good living condition, but you have a satellite? Oh, you're living good. You know, like, it's just, so the town of Winfield, it's like how, like, they're okay, but somehow even like wherever state this is, they're not like, oh yeah what about property taxes? Like, you know, yeah. like nobody ever came looking. Like there wasn't enough infrastructure at that time. Like I just, I think that again, if there was one thing I could change about this storyline that would have made it a lot more convincing would be the dude that just built his own house out in the sticks. Yeah. Like, because that wouldn't have been on the map either. An entire town would have shown up. And like there was sure. something here. No, like, yeah. I agree with that. It's just that there's there, the idea that this is like they made a deal with like the previous person in the position of being the the collector, right? Like the soul taker, the grim reaper. That's okay. What kind of deal was? I want to know what the hell this deal was too. Like, because this was the dude's job. Like, was he that incompetent? Like, I just want to like what happened with he that? He just dude? wanted friends. He just wanted, you know, he's wanted friends. And then so how many like, more people are living out there like at 200 years old or whatever? Well, there was the joke. Like, what was the, there was the joke. That, I don't know if you caught on it where uh, St. George was like, um, he's like, this mainly happens in Russia, implying that there's like these like small, like, um, like towns that we talk about with like older people living forever, which is like, you know, it's not it, the vodka. Yeah, sure, right? But I'm saying, yeah, like, you know, know, we live on vodka and potatoes, which will eventually become vodka. But, like, there was that joke, right? Like, a little toss-off joke about, like, you know, like, the middle of nowhere and nobody pays attention. Like, I get it. But anyway, so, yeah, it's it's very confusing, right? So then um, St. George, is he's pissed because, like, like he's coming to collect um, this young man and... He's like, now he stumbled across a uh, blind spot that was purposely made by his, the previous job holder. So he stuck in this position of like, I've only been doing this for four months and you have put me in the position that I have to collect everybody. And they're all like, but no, just take us. We've lived too long. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No shit. You've lived too long. And so there's this whole back and forth. It's stupid. I don't want to get into like what's going on, what's going on, where it's like the the young man runs away and his wife's like, no, 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 take me, take me. She's the only person, by the way, she's the only person in this whole story that doesn't have her ticket punched in terms of like what was coming. So like with her to be like, no, take me instead, that seems like that's the only worthy sacrifice. And it's it's brushed aside so fast that no one talks about it. Um. But yeah, I like that St. George is like, why do you think this is a, like a negotiation? But anyway, so he is frustrated. His uh, the, the person, the previous job keeps dismissing him. And he realizes like, you know what? Maybe there's bigger fish to fry. I'm, I'm going to come to the realization of like, hey, um, I didn't find this kid. Um, if he shows up again, you're going to tell me. 
and I will be back for all of you in about a hundred years or so. And they're all like, you know, they're like, hooray. I guess we're going to play horseshoes and do jack shit for another hundred years, you know, whatever. Um, it gets really confusing about how they're excited. Yeah, just do dirt farming. So yeah. I mean, like what's going on there? <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's all, it's all very confusing. So, so then, so the St. George, this is one of the dumbest endings I've ever seen for anything. Um, he gets this fancy car, goes to call his previous boss. and was like, Oh, I'm not going to fill that report out. Basically being like, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. We're on the same page, but the car, you know what, Terry, tell me what happens to the car. Uh, all of a sudden, all the kids from the high school are singing, we'll be together in Chang-a-lang-a-ding-a-ding-dong, right? That's, and then he floats off into the sky. Is that how it works? I was think I, I wasn't, I wasn't thinking about Greece, but I was thinking about the Apple, the canon musical where the, the Cadillac <laughs> well, just yeah, goes into the sky. Very close. Cause yeah. one was ripped off from another. So yeah. Yeah. It's um, like, we're just going to drive into the heavens, which, which makes no sense because if you have a flat tire and your car can fly. What's going on here? Like, also, your car could fly. Why are you tracking? Like, why are you waiting, wasting three months? Sorry, three months, three weeks. Like, can't you just go up and like, kind of like, do your, I don't know, God scan and figure out what's going on? Yeah, there, yeah. It's it's yep. so dumb. It's so dumb. Yeah, it was. Uh, there was a lot of weirdness going on in this episode, and certain pieces don't fit other pieces, so. I was left pretty pissed off at the end of this. <laughs> Fair enough. So, um, so I was thinking about this, uh, well, like after watching this multiple times, you know, everybody, you guys should thank me. Cause I had to endure this a couple, what was it? Uh, well, at least twice. I mean, I don't know if you've watched this multiple times, Terry, and if you have, I, I owe you a hug. Um, so, um, whenever the one townsperson that has like the one book, she reproaches uh, St. George. She calls him Mr. Death. Um, that I feel like is a callback to uh, season one, episode two of the original Twilight Zone called One for the Angels. Yeah. Where, um, it is, I, I thought that was very close to this as well. Which uh, that is that has, um, oh, um, Edwin, um, who was the, the salesman. And then we have uh, Murray Hamilton as Mr. Death, who's coming to collect on uh, Edwin. And he was like, He's like, I just need one good sales pitch. I need one for the angels, right? And right, yeah. And, and like at the time watching it, I wasn't a big fan of it. Little did I know we get to Welcome to Winfield. Um, but I feel like that was um, kind of a callback to that. So I appreciate that. The idea of Mister Death has shown up a couple of different times in the Twilight Zone. I think that's fun too. Um, I don't know if you have any other. Uh, comp- I have I have one bit of trivia for this that I found. I, I hope that it's the same bit of trivia that I found, but like, let's go with that. One. Yeah, I think it's I think it's the one that you know. So, yeah. and, and also, by the way, this is going to be. I have some questions about this person that uh, said this uh, in his introduction to new stories in the Twilight Zone. The series executive story consultant Alan Brennert described Welcome to Winfield <laughs> as a bad script. We never should have greenlighted this in the first place. Alan Brennert, I'm not saying you're a bad guy, but it seems like you let a lot of shit get through, right? Like, <laughs> like this is the one, this one. Well, here. I think it's funny. Well, I think it's, it's funny because also we go back to, um, Oh, um, we just talked about the gentleman who played, uh, uh, you know, the grim reaper, um, uh, Garrett Graham writing, yeah. um, what was it opening day? And everyone's like, 
I don't know how this one got made. <laughs> you know, like I feel like who was asleep at the wheel that kept greenlighting all these scripts, right? It just feels weird to me. It's like I don't know what happened. Good enough. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I'm just wondering, like how thin the production costs are, because no one goes through and checks out some of these storylines. So if like you say, years pass. Like who's who's putting the, the the fire under your ass too? Like, how many times does somebody have to say this was a bad storyline before you're like, yeah, I guess so. I mean, like, there was the crunch of getting things produced, but it's also like, I don't know. I maybe I go back to CBS and be like, listen, we can do X number of episodes, so maybe we don't have like all the scripts we've committed to. Can we do a cutoff for episode numbers, but then kind of bake in the production costs of the ones that we have? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. make it a win-win. I, I, I don't know I, how I that works pressure. back then. Yeah. I get pressure, too. Like, James Cameron finally admitted that, uh, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio's character from Titanic could have fit on that door, too. So, I mean, you know, I don't know. Maybe it's just people are just, like, just being dicks. But at the same point, it's like, I'm trying to figure out it right now, like, what the projected future is for the rest of these episodes. Because if Alan Bernard is the producer for all the series, um, he's he's got a lot to speak towards too. You know, yeah, I just he he is uh, responsible for like green lighting. He was like, I don't know how this happened. Well, somebody stamped it, and you signed off on it. So, like, I feel like it'd be this whole thing later. It's like, well, we're going to hold you accountable. Well, I didn't know. It's like, well, you're going to story jail now. Thank you. Sir. <laughs> um, like this. Okay. So my problem with this segment isn't the idea. There's two ideas here that I think are okay. Right. It's mm-hmm. one that we have this uh, well tailored version of death chasing somebody that realizes that their number's up. And they're trying to cheat death. That's okay, right? That's, yeah. That that feels like it's something that we dealt with multiple times in the Twilight Zone. That's okay. And then also the idea that there is this hidden away community that um, they've made a deal with the powers that be that they can exist, but like don't go poking into it because we don't trust strangers. Um, like what was it we talked about? That was it the season four episode? Was it um, Still Valley from the original series? where people wandered in and it was like shut off because like they had like an alien visited them and they were able to like print ham sandwiches or something. Do you remember talking about like, it was Oh from, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, like if I remember correctly in, in his image, no, 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 no. It was still Valley. I think it was called. Um, I think, um, your wife liked that one way better than we did. It was confusing. Cause she's like, you know, she's like, well, ham- sandwiches just show up. I'm like, Oh, fair enough. Um, if I remember, I remember like you talked about how like she liked it and you're like, really? Anyway. So the idea of these closed off communities, right? Like I'm okay with that too. Um, I, for me, it just feels like this could have been two separate stories that have their own merits, but like it, this wasn't a peanut butter and chocolate situation. Right. It's um it's a what was it a a water and oil situation. They're not gonna mix. It didn't quite come across well at all. Oh, like yeah, not even, at all. even like the lighthouse one we talked about recently, it was not the lighthouse, what was it called? The one with the lighthouse. I forget the name of the actual segment we talked about a couple weeks ago, probably seven months ago, I don't know. But like the community, right? Like um um right. like 
they had a reason for being like, you know, like, you know, they don't want people in because they're dealing with what's going on. All right. Well, I can buy that. That's always an interesting take of like, like you're coming into a situation you're not familiar with and like, it doesn't make sense. Fair enough. It just, this was like, what's the, what's the phrase that you hear sometimes putting a hat on a hat? This was too many hats. Right. Uh, and the episode that you're talking about from season four is Valley of Shadow. Uh, Valley of the Shadow. Valley of the Shadow. Still Valley of from ep- season three. And I was thinking of the beacon that we talked about recently. And so. yeah, you're, yeah, the beacon, which uh, there are two different um, lanes they could have gone down with that part of the storyline. But I completely agree with you yeah. that they try to kind of take the two storylines and mesh them together, but it didn't work together at all. And like I think that maybe if they would refine refine like how that would work, mm-hmm. maybe that would have. But we didn't get that at all. There was just, yeah. it was a very muddy, muddy. Like what if what if we have like um, like Mister Death? Like there was um, was it season th- sorry season one episode three I think was uh, Mister Denton on Doomsday of the original series, but that was set in the West right after one yeah. for the Angels. Like what if we would have had uh, Death come in on a stagecoach? Like meaning like he knows what's up, but like, I don't know, like just there, there is, there's something here to work with. I just don't think jamming both together is effective and that's frustrating. Is this, is this as bad as tooth and consequences? Absolutely not. It's just, it, it is trying to mix two flavors and neither one is, um, um, accented by the other. I think that's where I fall on this. I, I, I agree with you on most of that. I, I there's I mean there's something maybe that um, somebody else mm-hmm. might find entertaining about this. Mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't like it, but I would say that this could be entertaining to the other part of the audience that might be listening right now. Uh, as far as like how the storylines mesh together, like no, that this is this is crap. I was very, very disappointed by it. Um, I guess some of the pieces and parts, they worked as far as like the acting and such, Mm -hmm. but all in all, it it was complete fail for me. I I agree with you. I just think that there's at least a little bit more to hang your hat on multiple hats versus the previous thing that we talked about. So I'll like, I know that's a backhanded compliment, but it is. So, all right. Um, all right. So I think we, we have no other notes for this, right? Let's just, um, you ready to read that twist? Let's go. Uh, twist rating is always is one through five. That doesn't talk about like how we feel about the episode, but one meaning we saw from a mile away and five meaning like we didn't see it at all. Um, (laughs) I, I didn't see, I didn't see the old timey town type of thing. I'll give that a three. I'm not saying that's a good three, but I didn't see that coming. Um, I will say that, that our main character who I guess was our main character here, uh, even though we, like he got muddled up, muddled up was a uh, Matt mm-hmm. evading death, but then finding a town where everybody else is evading death. I will give that a five. I didn't expect that. Fair enough. Um, uh, but do you, do you everybody remember, lives yeah. at the end. Yeah. <laughs> uh, everything's nice. There was, uh, do you, uh, there was the, uh, was it, um, Jim Henson had, uh, the storyteller. Do you know that series I'm talking about? 
I know of it, but it, I didn't yeah, get a chance it to It was watch produced it. by ABC. It didn't last long, but there was a whole bit. There was a story where somebody actually caught death and hmm. kept them held. And then they eventually released death. But since death was so terrified of them, they couldn't die. Um, it's, a, it's, it's a fabulous story. And um, talking about how, like, they just want to end their life, but they're trying to, like, appease the powers to be so they can end themselves. Like, that's a lot more rich and interesting than this. But it's kind of the same idea. Like, the idea of, like, the one guy avoiding death ended up in Winfield, which is like, oh, yeah, we're, we're all doing this, too. Um, spittoons and all. Fair enough. I'll give you that. Um yeah, I had no idea the segment was going. So yeah, I think I think you're fair with that statement. So um, again, everybody else's mileage may vary. Um, ultimately, this was a fail in terms of our appreciation for the segment. Um, but at least at least it was a step above whatever the hell we watched two weeks ago for Tooth and Consequences. I'll say that. Yeah, and we are not necessarily the podcast that likes to shit on. Um, <laughs> Like any of the episodes, if this is something you dig, please give us uh, your input. This is something that we want to have an open dialogue about. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's always important for us to get perspective here too. That's why we are two people talking about this and we have the podcast sent out to the masses and we have an open dialogue on social media. Yeah. yeah, Which we will talk about. Just because (laughs) you and I didn't like a thing doesn't mean that there's not merit that somebody might be like, I really like that one. I, I literally talked to somebody like during the summer last year that, that one of their favorite twilight zone episodes was the hunt. And I'm just like, really? And I had to like, kind of do the Homer in the bushes thing where I'm just like, all right, well good on you. Like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna tell you that the Hamner episode uh, is terrible. It is. But if it's the one that you like, you like it. Right. So yeah, it's, 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 it's so wild. Bad. And it's so bad. Anyway, so continue. It, yeah. It's wild in how like, um, you feel so strongly about an episode, either good, bad, whatever. And then you can have a discussion with somebody who so, you feel so strongly like aligned with, like my wife has loved some of the episodes that you and I have panned. And it's like, that's awesome. Like I'd rather her tell me yeah, that she perspective. Found, like interesting. If something if something resonates, then maybe we're not seeing it the right way. So just tell me tell me that whatever like please tell me that she did not like what was her her, her pilgrim soul where it was like the purple hologram woman. Like, I, <laughs> I mean, even you and I, man, like like in this season alone, we've been on two separate uh opinions. So like this is still great. I mean and, you know, like we're still finding people that are like, I, I don't get what you just said about it. Like, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand you, Paul, or I don't understand you, Terry. And like, I can love I, that. That's can I at awesome. least say that in the year of our Lord 2023, that um, it's nice that there is discourse and having discussion about agree or disagree that yeah. doesn't boil down to, I never want to see your face again. Cause I feel like there's a lot of things that people can be divided on and get really uh, vitriolic on fair enough. Yeah. But I feel like it feel like it's like pop culture and sports. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, that's, that's the only place that we can all voice our opinions. And it's like, you know what? I don't agree with that, but I understand where you're coming from. So I at least appreciate that. I think that's all we have left right now. 
right? So it, it depends on what sports game. But yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Right. So, all right. Um, yeah, let's just, uh, we'll, we'll get to how people can find us. We'll talk about what we're doing next here. You guys can find us on, um, uh, strange highways on uh, Facebook. Um, I was posting some cute pictures of animals instead of, uh, truth of consequences. Sorry. Tooth of consequences. Um, you can email us directly at a strange highways podcast, gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts and opinions wherever you find your podcast rate and reviews would be greatly appreciated. And Terry, where can people find us otherwise? Ryan Instagram folks come on over there and check us out on, you know, we're sharing some photos over there. I I've been a little lax lately. Uh, oh, you weren't sharing, life. you weren't sharing the cute animal photos they kept finding. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, not yet, but, uh, <laughs> In, yeah. in, uh, in in my uh, homestead, it's been a little complicated lately. We've been trying to take care of some stuff, but uh, yeah, you guys are uh, our priority. So I'm sorry about that, but yeah, like Instagram, we're on there. Check us out. Um, <laughs> wherever you can, like, give us those uh, ratings. I, I, Spotify is a big deal for mm-hmm. us lately with um, all the five star rating things that you can do on that. We would love if you could do some kind of rating, even if you hate our podcast, that still builds an algorithm that at least people can, you know, find us. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, more, the more, the merrier we, that's what we always say here. The more, the merrier. Yeah, for sure. Um, I like that Terry is like saying I've went out for cigarettes. I'll be back later and post stuff on Instagram. (laughs) Milk. Milk. <laughs> I have to go. I have to go get some pink meat. I'll be back later. Is what yeah. like. <laughs> I need to go get some more taxidermy animals for my my cabin, and I'll be back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I was it Dan Stevens has convinced me to get some lotion for my skin. All right. So yeah. All right. So uh, all right. Yeah. Let's go do it for our discussion about uh, Welcome to Winfield. Let's just talk about what we're doing next. Before we talk about what's coming next, I, I'm jumping in here uh, to sp- cut in later because I forgot to mention during the recording of this episode that uh, I was fortunate enough to be a guest on the Skew Universe podcast uh, with uh, friends Jeff and Leanne. Uh, we've had Leanne on our show before talking about um, the Uncle Devil show. Uh, was it a couple months back? Uh, fun people. Uh, we had a, a good talk about a film from 1980 called Fade to Black. So I would recommend that you guys go check that out wherever you find your podcast. The Skew Universe, episode 56, first time watch, February, Fade to Black. Uh, it was a lot of fun, uh, goofy, good times, you know, was had by all. And now what's next? That's not, that's a twist. That's not a twist. We talked about a twist. What about this? Twist. And we now, have another episode. Mr. Serling. <laughs> yeah. And now what we're talking about next. Uh, a twist was that I pressed the wrong button twice. Uh, next episode, we're getting into season one, uh, episode 17, segment B of the series called quarantine. Um, spoilers. I've watched this there. It's not perfect, but there's a lot more to latch on to Terry. So give it time. Uh, there, there is some, there's some goodness here. I think we'll, I think there's a lot more to latch on to discuss. I, I like, I got to protect my Terry. Um, and I think that, um, <laughs> yeah, you'll appreciate this one more. I, I, I mean, there is at least one person in this episode I've met before, so I'm interested in seeing this. Uh, oh, spoiler. Well, I guess we'll get there when we get there. So, all right, everybody, um, have, have a good week. Um, have a safe week. Um, I don't know. Um, just, just don't like, just stick to follow your GPS. 
don't go to weird places. I think that's fair. And make sure you outrun the Reaper. Wishing for a simpler time? A place where bathing is optional but racism is not? Come on down to Winfield. The folks are nice but don't like book learning or technology. Winfield, the town that time forgot but with memories you'll never forget. Winfield, it's just 10 miles off the highway and 150 years in the past. Winfield, it's like Cracker Barrel but nicer.